God's Shaking and Sifting. This is number five in this series. Will you join me in prayer? As we listen to thy holy word, our loving Father, and the counsels of thy last day messenger, we beseech thee to send us thy Holy Spirit to awaken us to our spiritual need, that we may be among those that are prepared and chosen to be worthy of thy everlasting seal. And we ask this in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Let us begin by reading from God's last appeal to his remnant people. You find this in Revelation 3, 15 to 17. I know thy works. Thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. Our subject dealing with a shaking and a sifting suddenly comes into a glaring reality when we read how the Lord has shown Ellen White the present conditions of those now living within his last day church. I am reading from volume 5 of the testimonies, page 77. Listen. I seldom weep, but now I find my eyes blinded with tears. They are falling upon my paper as I write." Unquote. Why? Would you like to know what was revealed to her? Let me read a few of the key sentences that follow, telling why these tears were falling. I quote, Many who complacently listen to the truths from God's word are dead spiritually while they profess to live. I hope that you are listening carefully to these words. I continue. They do not hunger and thirst after righteousness. They have no relish for spiritual or divine things. They assent to the truth but are not sanctified through it. Neither the word of God nor the testimonies of his spirit make any lasting impression upon them. They praise Christ and the world with the same breath. They bow themselves before God and mammon. They make merry with the children of the world, and yet they claim to be the children of God." Unquote. No wonder Ellen White wept, 
Maybe some of us need to take a new look at ourselves and shed some tears as we consider what God sees within us. Is there any question why God will spew them out of his mouth by shaking and sifting in his process? What many do not seem to realize is that the shaking has already begun. We are in the shaking, and ere long it will swell into a purified church as a mighty sifting will take place. The shaking or the sifting are often used as synonymous terms in the writings of the spirit of prophecy. Sometimes the word sifting is used to designate a more severe process. Let me illustrate how this can take place. Anyone knows that shaking sand and gravel in a pan will separate them if you drill small holes in the bottom of the pan and then shake it. It will sift out all the sand, leaving the gravel. Now, as you study the history of God's true church, you will find that God has often shaken out the superficial believers during past ages. And God states of his present lukewarm church that he will continue to do the same today. Now, it may seem strange, but at present, the faithful historic believer is the one who is being crowded out of the church, but not by God. Nevertheless, God has predicted that a crisis is soon coming when he will use the national Sunday law to shake out the tares that are within the church, for it will then be criminal by U.S. laws to remain a Seventh-day Adventist. The result will be that every individual within the church will receive either the seal of God or the mark of the beast. Those who receive the seal of God are those who will give the loud cry with power to the entire world and quickly finish the work. Now let us discover how this climax will be attained. But let us keep in mind that church leadership will not be able to stop the terrible sifting that is coming. In Selected Messages 3, page 384, all the policy in the world cannot save us from a terrible sifting. And all the efforts made with high authorities will not lift from us the scourging of God. Soon, very soon, God's church is to be purified. Volume 5, page 80. The days of purification of the church are hastening on apace. God will have a people pure and true. In the mighty sifting soon to take place, we shall be better able to measure the strength of Israel the signs reveal that the time is near.
when the Lord will manifest that his fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly purge his floor. And why is such a shaking and sifting necessary? Well, let us consider this alarming fact found in Christian Service, page 41. I quote, It is a solemn statement that I make to the church. Are you awake? Are you listening? It is a solemn, solemn statement that I make to the church that not one in twenty whose name are registered upon the church books are prepared to close their earthly history and would be as verily without God and without hope in the world as the common sinner." Unquote. What a statement! That should surely wake us up. The Seventh-day Adventist Church today is boasting of approximately 10 million members. But when you consider what I have just read, as God views it, only one in 20, that narrows it down to approximately 500,000. How could this be? Because our church is filled with those, well, let me read it from Manuscript 19 Release, page 176. Because our church is filled with those, quote, calling themselves the commandment-keeping people of God, and yet possess no more vitality and consecration to God than do the normal, the nominal churches, will receive of the plagues of God just as verily as the churches who oppose the law of God. Again, I must say, what a statement. This should wake us up. And then we must remember that when God does this work of shaking and sifting, he will do it with exactness and it will be completed. In volume 1, page 190, oh, that every lukewarm professor could realize <clears throat> the, clean, the clean work that God is about to make among his professed people. And again on page 431, God's people will be sifted, even as corn is sifted in a sieve, until all the chaff is separated from the pure kernels of grain. Yet again, I want to point out what is taking place today. You will find that those who sigh and cry because of the abominations that are done within the church are the very ones that are being asked to leave the church. But again, when God steps in to clean house very soon, it will be the sinners who will be sifted out. In Selected Messages 2, page 380, we read about the results. The church may appear as about to fall, but it does not fall. It remains while the sinners in Zion will be sifted out. 
the chaff separated from the precious wheat. This is a terrible ordeal, but nevertheless, it must take place. None but those who have been overcoming by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony will be found with the loyal and true, without spot or stain of sin, without guile in their mouth." Unquote. Now here, let us pause for a moment to ask a question. What are the causes that bring about this terrible shaking? There are many reasons. The Holy Spirit names a few, and let's look at one or two. In Testimonies to Ministers, page 112, when the shaking comes by the introduction of false theories. Now let's get specific. Thank God he has left no doubt as to the meaning. In the book Evangelism, page 224, I quote, the enemy will bring in false theories such as the doctrine that there is no sanctuary. This is one of the points on which there will be a departing from the faith. Does that sound familiar? Have you heard or read anything lately of these theories? I have. Fifty years ago, when I read such a statement in the spirit of prophecy, it just didn't register. It seemed impossible. Even now, I can't recall of ever hearing of one of our ministers, living back then, who didn't believe in the sanctuary. It was unheard of, unbelievable. Yet, this very year, I have read writings of men and listened to their preaching, who are preaching the false doctrine that there is no sanctuary. They would tell us that all heaven is the sanctuary that there is no such thing as two apartments within the heavenly sanctuary, such as the holy or the most holy apartments. You will recall that the groundwork for such fall teachings commenced about 50 years ago when the General Conference authorized a new book containing the teaching that there was actually no need for a work of atonement by Christ in the heavenly sanctuary, for he had already made a complete atonement on the cross for all sins. So, today we have men who are actually departing from the faith and teaching these false doctrines. Ellen White openly speaks of their condition using words I would not dare to speak. Listen. Review and Herald, March 19, 1895. The Lord is soon to come. There must be a refining, winnowing process in every church. For there are among us wicked men who do not love the truth or honor God. Now remember, I did not say those words. I am reading them from the spirit of prophecy. And then again, she states in volume 6, page 401, 
not having received the love of the truth, they will be taken in the delusions of the enemy. They will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils and will depart from the faith. Now the real reason for the shaking lies in the fact that many of our highly educated preachers no longer believe in the spirit of prophecy. For if they follow God's last day prophet, they cannot mingle with the worldly churches and join with them in their ecumenical activities and preach the doctrines of Babylon. For the spirit of prophecy condemns such. Notice with me this following statement in early writings, page 270. I asked the meaning of the shaking I had seen and was shown that it would be caused by the straight testimony called forth by the counsel of the true witness to the Laodiceans. Some will not bear this straight testimony. They will rise up against it. And this is what will cause a shaking among God's people. Then again, in Selected Messages 3, page 84, one thing is certain. Those Seventh-day Adventists who take their stand under Satan's banner will first give up their faith in the warnings and reproofs contained in the testimonies of God's Spirit. There it is in simple words, which no one can misunderstand. And there is also this statement in Selected Messages 1, page 48. The very last deception of Satan will be to make of non-effect the testimony of the Spirit of God. Now, in a broader sense, disobedience to any known command of God will be a cause for the shaking. In volume 6, page 332, we are in the shaking time, the time when everything that can be shaken will be shaken. The Lord will not excuse those who know the truth if they do not in word and deed obey his commands. Another cause for the shaking is the acceptance of false science which brings separation, such as Seventh-day Adventist professors who teach that the earth is millions of years old, that the day of creation week, that the days were thousands of years, and that the flood is a myth, that evolution is to be accepted, not the Bible which teaches creation. Now listen to this. Evangelism, page 593. Science, so-called, and religion will be placed in opposition to each other because finite men do not comprehend the power and the greatness of God. These words of Holy Writ were presented to me. Of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them, Acts 20, 30. 
This will surely be seen among the people of God, unquote. This last sentence was recently fulfilled among us, for the professor who resigned from Atlantic Union College recently because he believed in evolution was hired shortly after at La Sierra University. Finally, we are told that persecution will climax the shaking. Volume 6, page 400. As trials thicken around us, both separation and unity will be seen in our ranks. Some who are now ready to take up weapons of warfare will in time of real peril make it manifest that they have not built upon the solid rock. They will yield to temptation. Those who have had great light and precious privileges but have not improved them will, under one pretext or another, go out from us. Not having received the love of the truth, they will be taken in the delusions of the enemy. They will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils and will depart from the faith. But then comes this encouragement. But on the other hand, when the storm of persecution really breaks upon us, the true sheep will hear the true shepherd's voice. Self-denying efforts will be put forth to save the lost. And many who have strayed from the fold will come back to follow the great shepherd. The people of God will draw together and present to the enemy a united front. I like that. That gives me courage. The church is going through. But the facts nevertheless remain that the wheat and the tares must grow together until the harvest. Remember Matthew 13, 30? Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles to burn them. But gather the wheat into my barns. Selected Messages 2, page 114. Divisions will come in the church. Two parties will be developed. The wheat and the tares grow up together for the harvest. And in letter 46, 1887, I read, There will be a shaking of the sieve. The chaff must in time be separated from the wheat. This total purification of the church will occur when the mark of the beast causes the shaking and the sifting climax. And where do I find this? In Selected Messages, page 368. When, notice that word, when the law of God is made void, now we have 
studied, and we know that that is the Sunday law. Let me read it again. When the law of God is made void, and the church will be the church will be sifted by fiery trials, and a larger proportion than we now anticipate will give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Selected Messages 3, page 385. The great issue so near at hand, speaking of the enforcement of Sunday laws, will weed out those whom God has not appointed, and he will have a pure, true, sanctified ministry prepared for the latter rain. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, take courage. God will have a pure church. In volume 5, page 81, the time is not far distant when the test will come to every soul. The mark of the beast will be urged upon us. Those who have step by step yielded to worldly demands and conformed to worldly customs will not find it a hard matter to yield to the powers that be rather than subject themselves to derision, insult, threatened imprisonment, and death. The contest is between the commandments of God and the commandments of men. In this time, the gold will be separated from the dross in the church." Unquote. Now this is the time when the church will appear to fall. I'm reading from Faith I Live By, page 289. Those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus will feel the ire of the dragon and his hosts. He will stir up the wicked powers of the earth to destroy the people of God. Their only hope is in the mercy of God. Their only defense will be prayer. The trying experience that comes to God's people, I should say that came to God's people in the days of Esther, were not peculiar to that age alone. The revelator, looking down the ages to the close of time, has declared, the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Revelation 12, 17. But let us never forget these words of assurance found in Bible Commentary 7, page 911. The church may appear as about to fall, but it does not fall. It remains. Nevertheless, the majority will forsake us. Now notice the language employed in inspiration found in Testimonies 4, page 89. The shaking of God blows away multitudes like dry leaves. And then in Testimonies 5, page 81, chaff 
like a cloud, will be borne away on the wind, even from places where we see only floors of rich wheat. The new theology teachers and believers are nothing more than the modernists among us who will totally abandon the truth when the crisis comes. I hold in my hand a letter that I received in September of this year. I want to read it to you. The sister that wrote this was very perplexed. Please turn your tape. The pastor of our Adventist church here at blank tries to deny that the beast of Revelation has any connection with the papal power of the Catholic Church. His name is blank. He also claims it is no sin to smoke, drink, dance, because we are all sinners and Jesus has forgiven our sins before we do them if we will only believe in him and love each other. I cry and pray for our members, some of whom think he is the best preacher we have ever had. He sings beautifully. Please remember us in your prayers. And so you can see how this new theology is captivating our people today. Let me read from volume 5 of the Testimonies, page 463. The work which the church has failed to do in a time of peace and prosperity, she will have to do in a terrible crisis under the most discouraging, forbidding circumstances. The warnings that worldly conformity has silenced or withheld must be given under the fiercest opposition from enemies of the faith. And at that time, the superficial conservative class whose influence has steadily retarded the progress of the work will renounce the faith and take their stand with its avowed enemies toward whom their sympathies have long been tending. These apostates will then manifest the most bitter enmity, doing all in their power to oppress and malign those former brethren and excite indignation against them. This day is just before us. The members of the church will individually be tested and proved. They will be placed in circumstances where they will be forced to bear witness for the truth. Many will be called to speak before councils and in courts of justice, perhaps separately and alone." Unquote. In the final crisis just ahead, God will not use the great men among us but he will use the most humble and teachable to finish the work. 
in the book The Last Day Events, page 179, are these words. The days are fast approaching when there will be great perplexity and confusion. Satan, clothed in angel robes, will deceive, if possible, the very elect. There will be God's many and Lord's many. Every wind of doctrine will be blowing. Those who have rendered supreme homage to science, falsely so-called, will not be the leaders then. Those who have trusted to intellect, genius, or talent will not then stand at the head of rank and file. They do not keep pace with the light. Those who have proven themselves unfaithful will not then be entrusted with the flock. In the last solemn work, few great men will be engaged. They are self-sufficient, independent of God, and he cannot use them. The Lord has faithful servants who in the shaking, testing time, will be disclosed to view. These are precious ones now hidden who have not bowed the knee to Baal. They have not had the light which had been shining in the consecrated blaze upon you. But it may be under a rough and uninviting exterior. The pure brightness of a genuine Christian character will be revealed. And then she illustrates it. In the daytime, we look toward heaven, but we do not see the stars. They are there, fixed in the firmament, but the eye cannot distinguish them. In the night, we behold their genuine luster. And now, this amazing statement taken from Prophets and Kings, page 188. Many a star that we have admired for its brilliancy will then go out in darkness, unquote. In Manuscript 13, release, page 379, 1904. Men whom he had greatly honored will, in the closing scenes of this earth history, pattern after ancient Israel, a departure from the great principles Christ has laid down in his teachings, a working out of human projects, using the scripture to justify a wrong course of action under the perverse working of Lucifer, will confirm men in misunderstanding and the truth that they need to keep them from wrong practices will leak out of the soul like water from a leaky vessel." Unquote. And this is why I have said over and over and over, time and time again, do not follow any leader, pastor, whether it be in the conference, the union, or the general conference, and I include myself we are only to accept one example, to follow 
and obey the teachings of Jesus Christ. But praise God, many will come into the remnant church to take the place of those that leave an apostasy. I am amazed today at the large number of ministers who are now a part of Babylon and are now beginning to question what is taking place in the world. Some of these men are openly preaching fearlessly segments of the three angels' messages and doing it with great power. Such preaching by non-Adventists makes one ashamed to hear the tame messages being presented from many of our pulpits on a Sabbath morning. Books are now being printed by these honest men of other denominations concerning the papacy that outshines many of the books coming from our presses. For example, take the book, A Woman Rides the Beast by Dave Hunt. In the book, Maranatha, page 200, I read, there are men who will receive the truth and these will take the places made vacant by those who become offended and leave the truth. Men of true Christian principle will take their place and will become faithful, trustworthy householders to advocate the word of God in its true bearing and in its simplicity. The Lord will work so that the disaffected ones will be separated from the true and loyal ones. The ranks will not be diminished those who are firm and true will close up the vacancies that are made by those who become offended and apostatize. Now that is a real encouragement to me and to you. In the book Early Writings, page 271, their places were immediately filled by others taking hold of the truth and coming into the ranks. An inspiration clearly reveals that these future leaders will come from the ranks of what are now our enemies. Testimonies 3, page 41. Standard after standard was left to trail in the dust as company after company from the Lord's army joined the foe and tribe after tribe from the ranks of the enemy, united with the commandment-keeping people of God. What a struggle is just ahead. Now let us pause to review, to review briefly what we have discovered. The final test will begin with the mark when it is urged upon us. The conformist will yield to the death threat. The sifting occurs within the church as the false professors among us leave. But the faithful will remain unmoved. The contest is between the commandments of God and the commandments of men. This is the time when the gold will be separated from the dross. In volume 5, page 81, are these words, Then, notice, then will the church 
of Christ appear fair as the moon, clear as the sun, and terrible as an army with banners. The seeds of truth that are being sown by missionary efforts will then spring up and blossom and bear fruit. Souls will receive the truth who will endure tribulation and praise God that they may suffer for Jesus. Now, with such a shaking and a sifting, the church will be ready for the latter rain to fall and the loud cry given with great power. Pentecost will again be repeated, including the true speaking in tongues. In Bible Commentary 6, page 1055, it is with earnest longing that I look forward to the time when the events of the day of Pentecost shall be repeated with even greater power than on the occasion, on that occasion. John says, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. Then, as at the Pentecostal season, the people will hear the truth spoken to them, every man in his own tongue. What a wonderful day this is going to be soon. Now, let's consider a question that may trouble many. Will the structure go through to the very end? Every quotation I've been able to find indicates that from the time of the outpouring of the latter rain and the giving of the loud cry, only those individuals who personally experience these gifts will be a part of God's church to the end of time. I cannot find any place telling us that during this period there will be an organized church, conference, or institutions. After the crisis of the mark begins, the only indication of evangelism is by personal missionary work, such as door-to-door -door visitation and individual medical missionary work carried out by individuals or small groups. For the Sunday law will effectively make it illegal for any organized Adventist activity to carry on, unless the organization structure lines up with Sunday keeping. And there are such indications as we discovered in the tape entitled Ichabod. Now, in the next few moments, let us reflect upon some heart-searching thoughts. Volume 1, page 158. From what has been shown me, there are not more than half of the young who profess religion and the truth who have been truly converted. But she goes on stating further in volume 1, page 504, names are registered upon the church books upon earth, but not in the book of life. I saw that there is not one in twenty of our youth 
who know what experimental religion is. Then in volume 1, page 608, in the last vision given me, I was shown the startling fact that but a small portion of those who now profess the truth will be sanctified by it and be saved. What a tragedy. Now, let us conclude with some encouraging notes. In Great Controversy, page 602, I read, Let opposition arise, let bigotry and intolerance again bear sway, let persecution be kindled, and the half-hearted and the hypocritical will waver and yield the faith. But the true Christian will stand firm as a rock, by his rock, his faith stronger, his hope brighter than in the days of prosperity. How encouraging. Oh, that we would now heed God's warning to us and faithfully obey his counsel. I was impressed by a story given by Eric B. Hare in his devotional book, Make God First, which told of the terrible destruction that befell Hiroshima when the atomic bomb exploded over that great city. Many of the Seventh-day Adventist members were scattered into the country because of the war. But there were 42 members yet living in the city when the bomb exploded. But praise God, not one was lost. He tells of Dr. S. Marita, a dentist, who was the church elder. At that time, he had been put in prison for 14 months because the police thought he acted strange because of his religion. And during his imprisonment, he spent the time studying the inspired writings of Ellen White. As soon as he was released from prison, he moved out of the city some eight miles. So he was in the country when the explosion took place. He immediately went back to the city to see what he could do to help the remaining church members. He beheld indescribable suffering and destruction at every hand. The houses around where he had lived were all destroyed, and all of his neighbors had lost their lives. And then he came to where an old church member lived. And to his surprise, her house was standing. And there she was giving first aid to some 30 neighbors. But the city fires were spreading quickly and they had to vacate. In time, the elder accounted for all of the church members. Miraculous. Their homes were all destroyed, but all the members were safe. Praise God. Let us never forget that God loves and cares for us, that he lives. And when the full shaking and sifting bursts upon us, our God will be our protection. Let us pray.
We praise thee, O Lord, with hearts that are full of appreciation for thy precious promises to protect and to deliver thy saints in the coming storm soon to break upon us. May we so live today by thy grace as to be found worthy to be sealed as the tares are shaken out of the church. This we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Safe, safe shall I be.